is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, they put a uh, contempt of court fine against former President Donald Trump because two judges are going after him for exercising his First Amendment rights. It's beyond shameful. And so is Joe Biden's speech last night blaming America and uh, being unwilling to forcefully stand with Israel without also tying it to funding for Ukraine. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It is me, Rich Zioli, from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia with you on this Friday evening, 877-381-3811, of course, our number. And we got a lot to chat about tonight, including the latest in the speaker race. We don't have a speaker. Jim Jordan is officially out, which is a damn shame because Jim Jim Jordan is a great guy and he is one of the most conservative members. And I'll tell you the reason why he's out. I know exactly the reason why. And it's not revenge against Matt Gates. It's not that. That's an excuse that these people are using. It's because so many of these moderate quote unquote, moderate Republicans want to hide behind these omnibus bills, these massive spending bills where they can shove in things like aid to Ukraine and aid to Israel on top of everything else. And Jordan wanted up or down separate votes, a vote for aid to Israel, a vote to support Israel, separate from a vote to support Ukraine, separate from a continuing resolution. But there are too many moderate Republicans who are cowards and want to hide behind these things so they can go back to their district and say, well, you know, I didn't really have a choice here. I know you didn't want more funding for Ukraine, but I had to do it because otherwise uh, Israel wouldn't have got money and our hardworking men and women in uniform wouldn't have gotten their paychecks. So I had to go along with the continuing resolution. It's the scam of Washington. It's the game that's played by McConnell and his gang, and it's the the game that's played by the 25 moderate, so-called moderate Republicans, the uniparty rhino members, who do not want these up or down votes, because they want to hide. They want to hide their support for things under these gigantic gargantuan votes. Bills in Congress should be one page, simple. But Biden last night, in, in the Oval Office address, as he read from the teleprompter something that somebody else wrote that he barely could understand, he, of course, is trying to tie aid to Israel to aid to Ukraine, and also aid for Gaza was slipped in there as well. Humanitarian aid for Gaza also slipped into there this massive hundred-plus billion-dollar aid package that Biden is putting through. Meanwhile, the world's on fire right now, and I personally am missing mean tweets. And I would trade mean tweets in a heartbeat for a president, a commander in chief, who could actually tell the world where America stands and make it very clear to our enemies what America will do if they cross us. And that's not Joe Biden. Yes, Donald Trump had mean tweets. We heard that for years. Mean tweets. We'd love a good mean tweet right now, as opposed to this chaos that the world is watching. But this is what happens. This is what happens when Joe Biden becomes president and has no clue what's happening. You saw him on Air Force One yesterday, walking around, rambling, confused. I think at one point they shoved him into the bathroom to get him away from the cameras because he was going on and talking nonsense. And last night's speech from the Oval Office was just absolutely shameful. It really was. It was shameful to come out and blame America for their for our response after 9-11 to to, to lecture uh, the the world on how we behaved after 9-11. His revisionist history, among other things that Biden said last night in his speech. But you know what else, too, I have a problem with? 
I got a lot of problems with him, but I have a problem with the fact that he is still unwilling to condemn his fellow Democrats for their outright support of the hateful anti-Jew Hamas-loving Palestinian, pro-Palestinian terror group Democrats on Capitol Hill. Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the squad, the squaddies, and others around the country. Kids on college campuses with their pro-Hamas stance. And let's understand something. I mean, Hamas wants to wipe the Jews off the planet. That's what they're, they're very open about this. They want to destroy Israel. And they don't want to stop there. They want to also kill Christians. They also want to kill their fellow Muslims, too. The Muslims who don't see Islam the way that they see Islam. Hamas wants to kill them, too. So does Hezbollah. And they don't make any bones about it. Yeah, you've got Democrats who are pro-Hamas. Let's call it what it is, pro-Hamas. I know that the Great One has made a point this week several times to say there's a difference between Palestinians and Hamas. I know he's made that point. And yet we get accused as conservatives of wanting to wipe out Palestinians. We're not looking to wipe out Palestinians. We've never said that. But Hamas wants to wipe out the Jews. They're very clear about that point. And now you've got Iran playing games, too. And this uh, alliance that's formed here between Iran and Russia and China. And I'm telling you right now, Joe Biden has no clue what he's doing. He has no idea how to let the world know that peace through strength means you don't mess with the United States of America. You don't. And now we're going to have two conflicts, possibly three now, if China decides to go into Taiwan, which I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to do at this point, given the state of the world. And he sits behind the Oval Office last night, sits behind the desk and goes on and on about how we're going to get everybody home. We're going to get all our people home. We have Americans who are still being held hostage by Hamas. That is still happening right now. We got two home today. Thank God. That's great. But we got others. And the idea that Biden's going to going to sit there in the Oval Office and lecture me and lecture you about why funding for Israel has to be tied to Ukraine. When we've already given Ukraine billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars, over 100 billion. But we can't support Israel without also supporting more money for Ukraine. And these are two entirely different things, two entirely different conflicts. And maybe if you remember the House, you'd vote yes on both. But the point is, Biden doesn't want to give you that chance. He wants to put it all in one big package. And he does that on purpose. Biden is corrupt. We all know this. And there's evidence now that Biden has taken payments, direct payments, direct payments received by this president of the United States of America from his brother after a shady loan transactions, according to bank records. So they've got the receipts, as we say, the bank records that Joe Biden received a two hundred thousand dollar personal check from his brother shortly after his brother, James, received a shady loan in the same amount. That was revealed by House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer today on Friday. So we got a corrupt president right now who's incapable of leading the world, who is incapable of sending the kind of peace through strength message that the world needs right now, which is that if you mess with us, there's not going to be peace. And so that's why you keep seeing rockets being fired off by Iran's proxies and why Iran is messing with us, because they know that they can under this president. They know that they can. And you've got people rebelling. You've got people leaving the administration in disgust at his unwillingness to stand with Israel properly and condemn Hamas and his unwillingness to call out members of his own party for their hatred of Israel and their pro Hamas stance. He's unwilling to do that. And so you had people actually turn around and say, I'm out. I'm done. You've got you've got people leaving on Capitol Hill. You've got people leaving the Biden administration. They don't want any part of this. 
They don't want any part of this. A Democrat party today, that is much like in Mark's book, The Democrat Party Hates America, a party that has always hated the Jews. I mean, you heard Mark last night talk about how Roosevelt refused to bomb the train tracks that led to the concentration camps, turned away boatloads of Jews. You you know all about the anti-Semitism in that party. But it's happening right now in real time with these squad members out there with their pro-Hamas chants and their leaders and Black Lives Matter joining in and socialist groups joining in. And today, just to show you how the climate change uh, nonsense is such a scam against humanity, today, Greta Thunberg came out and supported Hamas. That's right. Greta Thunberg today saying the world needs to stand in solidarity. We strike in solidarity with Palestine and Gaza. The world needs to speak up and call for an immediate ceasefire, justice and freedom for Palestinians and all civilians affected. And nothing, nothing about Israel. They've got signs in the little picture of free Palestine. This Jew stands with Palestine, stand with Gaza and climate justice now. Because these things, have, have, they're all the same, the same, apparently. They're all the same. And the other point that I think is well worth noting, of course, is that Hamas would be willing to slit the throats of people like Greta Thunberg and most of these college, woke college campus idiots, the first chance they get. You know, the LGBTQ plus coalition for Hamas on college campuses. Hamas would love to slit their throats for their beliefs and their visions. But in the United States of America, of course, we have First Amendment rights and you can go out there and say these things, except if you're a former president, because your First Amendment rights have been completely taken away from you, as in former President Donald Trump, who now has two judges going after him for his speech. And today was fined five thousand dollars for a joke that he made about a law clerk, the law clerk of the judge in New York dating Chuck Schumer. Now, look, I'm the first to tell you that saying that you date Chuck Schumer is a terrible thing to say about any woman. It's a terrible thing. Chuck Schumer is a vile man and he's not attractive. Let's face it. And any woman would be very offended to be accused of being his girlfriend. But give me a break to find the guy five thousand dollars for that. And this gag order against him on Capitol Hill where he can't go out there and defend himself on the campaign trail. This is a political prosecution of a man running for president of the United States of America. And let's understand, he's got to also campaign in the court of public opinion. And he has to go out there and convince voters that he's innocent. He's got to fight for his innocence in court, and he also has to fight for his innocence on the campaign trail. And they are purposely now gagging him so that he cannot come out and speak. And the fact of the matter is, is that if Donald Trump were president right now, you know, and I know, none of this would be happening in the world. None of this. In all the years that Trump was president, did Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine? Nope. Even though Donald Trump was apparently Putin's puppet. Yet, for some reason, Vladimir Putin never set foot in Ukraine during Trump's entire four years. Do we have this kind of barbaric butchery terrorism by Hamas that we witnessed just a week ago in Israel? Nope, we did not. They wouldn't, they wouldn't dare. They wouldn't dare do it. But that's why the Democrat Party is trying to stop him. That's why the Democrat Party is trying to force him to remain silent. He's not going to go along with it, obviously, but they don't want him speaking out. So even though the First Amendment allows you to protest your government, and even though it is the government of the United States of America that is prosecuting this man for political speech, and let's face it, that's what it is, political speech because they think that he said the election was fake, and for that reason now, people were deprived of their constitutional rights to vote, even though the election was over. The government is 
persecuting him. And this is a weaponized Department of Justice. It's a weaponized government. Another reason why Jim Jordan was never going to become speaker is because Jim Jordan is leading the fight against the weaponization of government on Capitol Hill. The weaponization of government. He's fighting this. He's fighting these people. He's fighting the executive branch of government that thinks it can do whatever the hell it wants to go after citizens and punish them, punish them where they wind up going to court like that guy on Twitter, Ricky Vaughn, with his joke meme about if you're voting for Hillary Clinton, text in your vote. An obvious joke that only a moron would think that you can actually text in your vote. And by the way, a woman who was supporting Hillary Clinton at the time made the exact same meme directed at Trump supporters, telling them that they could text in their vote or show up to vote on Super Wednesday. And no charges against her, obviously. So this is a government that is going after people's political speech. And this is a government that will shut you down if you say the wrong thing, if they don't like what you say, whether it's on the Hunter Biden laptop, the origins of COVID-19, or it's on Israel. They'll go after you. But if you're a college campus student and you're out there screaming pro-Hamas things, if you're a Democrat member of Congress screaming pro-Hamas things, if you're out there and you're suggesting that there's some moral equivalency between Hamas and the IDF, you, you can say those things in America and there's no consequences to you. Not even the kind of consequences involving condemnation of your comments by the president of the United States, who is the leader of your party, the Democrat Party. Donald Trump is being politically prosecuted by the United States of America, and he is not allowed to go out there and tell people that the United States of America is going after him for political reasons. And today in court, a judge finds him $5,000 and says, you can't make jokes. You can't make jokes about my law clerk dating Chuck Schumer. This is what's happening in America right now. And meanwhile, we need a conservative speaker of the House. We need a conservative in there who's going to fight like hell to make sure that this executive branch is held accountable and that any funding for Israel is not tied to humanitarian aid to Hamas or any other nonsense that this administration is trying to push. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It is me, Rich Zioli, in from Mark's hometown of WPHD in Philadelphia. 877-381-3811. We're coming right back. Mark Levin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals so the president's speech last night has angered a lot of people a lot of people and people are now resigning 
in the wake of Biden's handling of everything Israel. There's a piece over at National Review by David Zimmerman about this. Several U.S. federal officials and hundreds of Democratic congressional staffers are publicly criticizing the Biden administration's show of solidarity with Israel this week amid the Jewish state's ongoing war with Hamas. Shortly after the president's diplomatic visit, a guy named Josh Paul resigned from his post as director of the Bureau of Political Military Affairs. And uh, he really exposes the rot in the State Department. Noah Rothman has a piece about that as well. The rot that exists in the State Department under this administration. He said, uh, quote, the response Israel is taking and with it, the American support both for that response and for the status quo of the occupation will only lead to more and deeper suffering for both the Israeli and the Palestinian people. I fear we are repeating the same mistakes we have made these past decades, and I declined to be a part of it for longer. Sources with direct knowledge confirm many high-ranking Muslim appointees are strongly considering resigning, said Daily Beast columnist Wajahat Ali on Twitter Wednesday. The Biden administration isn't listening to them during this crisis. Their communities are frustrated with them, and Islamophobes are targeting them and questioning their loyalties. Diplomats are also preparing a dissent cable objecting to the administration's handling of the ongoing war. Basically a, there's basically a mutiny brewing within the Department of State at all levels. Even more telling, more than 400 anonymous congressional staffers had signed on to an open letter that was circulating on Thursday, imploring their bosses in Congress to demand an immediate ceasefire between Israel and Hamas before the conflict further intensifies. According to the letter, while President Biden and Secretary Blinken's diplomatic efforts to restore and provide humanitarian aid are crucial, this progress is fragile said 411 congressional staffers. As Muslims, Jews, and allies, we believe that denying these basic resources violates the tenets of our faiths, values, and our humanity. Additionally, the newly hired political director for Representative Ro Khanna of California tendered his resignation earlier this week after the congressman failed to co-sponsor a House resolution that calls for a ceasefire in the Middle East. The legislation was sponsored by Representatives Cory Bush, Squad Lunatic, Rashida Tlaib, Jew-hating squad lunatic, uh, both progressives. So you see now the Democrat Party and this administration are exposing themselves as people that hate Israel and want this administration to stand with Hamas and say that there's a moral equivalency between the two. An open revolt in the Democrat Party showing their hatred for Israel. More to come on The Mark Levin Show. Don't go away. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals. 
Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. And the great one is on his way to the Reagan Library. He's going to be signing books tomorrow. Of course, the Democrat Party hates America. This is me, Rich Zioli. Always an honor to be in for the great one. He is my radio mentor, and also he's from Philly, and I broadcast from Philly. Mark's affiliate of WPHT. Uh, by the way, China welcomed uh, their buddy Putin today. They had a nice little powwow. His, the, Xi Jinping welcomed his dear friend Vladimir Putin. Handshakes and pats on the back. You know what was also not said last night by Biden in his rambling Oval Office address that somebody else wrote? Not a word about Iran. Nothing. Nothing. Look, I don't want World War III any more than you do. Nobody does at this point. Nobody does. But the problem here is that Iran is not afraid of us and China is not afraid of us either. And when countries are not afraid of us and they're crazy like Iran is, they tend to do things because they don't fear consequences. So, I mean, I live in Philadelphia. I mean, I live in South Jersey, but I broadcast out of Philadelphia and there's crime every day. The city is out of control. We have people who come in from Camden, New Jersey, to steal cars in Philly. There's carjacking rings that come over the river to steal cars. I mean, you could steal cars in Jersey. Why do they come into Philadelphia to do it? The reason is because you have a woke George Soros-funded district attorney named Larry Krasner. And they know that even if they're caught and arrested by the police and an officer lost his life trying to stop these guys, lost his life, beloved officer Richard Mendez, there's no consequences for you in places like Philadelphia and other cities that are run by these George Soros funded woke Marxist prosecutors. They're not prosecutors. I shouldn't say that term. They are district attorneys. They don't prosecute. They're defense attorneys. That's what, that's really what they are. They, the DA should stand for defense attorney, not district attorney. But countries like Iran are exactly the same. If they don't fear consequences, they keep pushing the limits. And Iran didn't, Iran was not lectured at all by the president last night. We were lectured about our post 9-11 behavior, uh, the, the president reminded Netanyahu, don't, don't do what we did in America after 9-11. Like what, for example? Joe Biden voted for every war. Joe, Joe Biden voted for the Patriot Act. Joe Biden was all in on stripping away civil liberties of every American in the wake of 9-11. So what the hell is he talking about? But that's separate from that. He just, they love to lecture us. But there was nothing. Mark tweeted this point out. Biden didn't say a damn thing about what he's going to do about Iran, including enforcing the oil sanctions, which is the lifeblood of the Iranian terrorist regime. Nothing about Iran's nuclear program. Nothing about building up our own military commensurate commensurate with all the challenges that our military faces. And not a word about securing our border as a national security risk. Nothing. And he did not prepare the nation for a full out war in the Middle East, not of our making, but of Iran's making. Which you would do to make it very clear to Iran, we're not going to tolerate your nonsense. But, you know, I have a theory about this. My theory about all this is that Joe Biden is clearly not calling the shots. I mean, you don't have to be a political genius to figure that out, right? He's not calling the shots. The guy doesn't know where, where he is half the time. He falls upstairs. He falls upstairs. In gravity-defying feats, Joe Biden falls up the stairs. Typically, gravity takes people down. But Joe Biden falls up the steps of Air Force One once, twice, three times. It's gravity defying. It's amazing. He's not really in charge. My theory has been that Barack Obama is really in charge. He's calling the shots. Him and his pal Valerie Jarrett, who, by the way, was born in Iran. And for whatever reason, 
you can have your theory. Obama has always wanted to see Iran have a nuclear weapon, has always wanted to see them have a nuclear program, and has always wanted the world to respect Iran. And the Biden administration, since they're being controlled by Barack Obama, they're doing the exact same thing. That's why they have taken such pains to come out and say there's no evidence that Iran is behind the terror attacks by Hamas. Have you noticed that? They have taken such pains, they've twisted themselves in knots to come out and say that there's no evidence Iran's behind it. There's no evidence that Iran is behind it. There's no evidence that Iran isn't behind it because it's too early to know. But they were very quick. It's kind of like COVID, right? And they were very quick to come out and say it didn't come from a lab. There was no evidence that it did or it didn't at the time. They just came out and said it didn't. Same thing with this. I mean, you have to be an idiot to think that Iran wasn't behind this, but the evidence was it, it was too soon. I mean, there was nothing. There was no there was no time yet to gather any evidence. But right away, the administration jumped all over itself to say, nope, there's no evidence it was Iran. Nope, nope, no evidence. Oh, and by the way, nothing with the six billion dollars that we unfroze because they didn't even have it yet. As if Iran is some poor third world country that just they can barely get by. You know, any minute now you're expecting to see commercials with Sally Struthers raising money for Iranian kids with big bellies because they don't have any food. Iran is a very rich nation because of its oil program and it sells that oil to China. And we don't we don't even bother telling China to cut it out and stop buying Iranian oil. And I think the reason why is because Joe Biden is corrupted by China, Ukraine, Russia. I mean, multiple countries around the world, but. But we, we, the United States of America is, is doing exactly what the Obama administration did, which is to tell the world, hey, Iran, they're good guys. There's no evidence that they're bad guys. Because Barack Obama, I really do believe, is calling the shots here. And he has always wanted Iran to have a seat at the big boys table. But Iran doesn't want to be part of the big boys table. It doesn't want to be part of the League of Nations. It wants to destroy countries that that it doesn't believe, it doesn't agree with. I mean, take Saudi Arabia as a great example of this. Prior to all of this happening, Iran was watching as Israel and Saudi Arabia were starting to get along. And the United States was helping to broker this arrangement, which really started with President Trump and the Abraham Accords. So Saudi Arabia is on the cusp of giving recognition to Israel, which would have been huge. Iran is a country that was literally created with the idea that that Muslims in Saudi Arabia and other Middle Eastern countries are infidels and that they need to be destroyed, too. You know, for everybody who thinks that Hamas and Hezbollah are they're just they're just after more land in Israel and this is just some sort of a geographical fight. No, it's not. It's a it's a very, very religious, extreme jihadist belief by these people. Let's understand that the Islamic Republic of Iran believes that Saudi Arabia and the Saudis also need to be wiped out because they are distorting the true teachings of Islam. And I think that the timing of this is not a coincidence that these massive terror attacks against Iran happened right, excuse me, against Israel happened right as Israel and Saudi Arabia were about to make some serious, serious peace agreements. Major progress, progress that we have not seen in in a very long time. The stage had been set with the Abraham Accords to do so. And Iran did not want that to happen. So these terror attacks were launched, just out of coincidence. And immediately the administration runs to say, no, but Iran didn't even have the money. So what? Iran's got lots of cash. 
they got, they got a ton of cash because they sell the oil to China. And because the United States of America has allowed that to occur, and since we have destroyed our own energy independence in this country, and because the United States of America has decided that, well, because of climate change now, we're going to sell off half of our oil, our federal oil leases, and you know what? The hell with it. We'll empower countries like Iran. We'll empower countries like Russia. We'll, we'll send money to Ukraine, but we'll also empower Vladimir Putin and his oil and his natural gas by cutting off our own supply here in America. We could be exporting this stuff around the world. Remember that time that Trump warned Angela Merkel about why are you still trying to make Putin rich with natural gas? Why, why are you doing this? And they laughed at him. Remember that, that whole situation? They laughed at him. They mocked him over that. You know, where I broadcast from in Philadelphia, there's a lot of talk about putting in a liquefied natural gas transfer station where we could transfer natural gas anywhere around the world. The United States of America could step up and be one of the world's largest providers of natural gas, which would take money directly out of Putin's pocket. We could be one of the world's largest exporters of petroleum, like we were, which would take money out of Iran's pocket. But you see, we don't want to do that because the Democrat Party hates America and the Democrat Party is controlled by whack jobs on the extreme left who are completely environmental frauds. They're frauds. I mean, environment, this whole climate change thing, you know, is about the destruction of capitalism and it's about tyranny. It's not about the environment. What, 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 do, you, what do you think? China's not burning oil. You think Iran's not selling it to them? You know, all these people like Greta Thunberg and others, do they not know that that's happening? Are they unaware of that fact or do they just they just don't care because it doesn't help their narrative. They just want to scream about the United States because they want the United States to be weaker and they want the United States to be weaker by losing out on our energy independence so that other people around the world who, let's face it, are tyrants. They they become richer. They become more emboldened. They become more powerful and they're able to do more things with that money. That's why Iran's been able to provide arms to Russia and make sure that Russia has money that it needs because Iran and Russia are buddies and Iran and China are buddies and Putin and China are buddies and Putin and Iran are buddies. So you have this alliance that's been formed here because this administration has allowed it to occur. And so Iran thinks to itself, well, listen, if the United States isn't calling us out, if the United States is not telling the world that we're, that we're, we're bad guys here, what are we worried about? And really, what does Iran have to worry about with this administration? Nothing. This administration wants to see them have a nuclear enrichment program, just like the Obama administration did, because Barack Obama's calling the shots. But why would you empower a country? I mean, it's one thing to stand back and say, you know what, sovereign nation, do your thing. The United States isn't going to get involved here. But that's not what we did under the Obama administration. We gave them money and, and, and wanted to see them. Obama gave them billions of dollars of cash. $1.7 $1.7 billion, and then there was the $400 million in cash that was dropped off in pallets. Pallets of cash given to Iran to help them with their nuclear enrichment program. Ask yourself why. And then this administration finds a way to unfreeze $6 billion of money to Iran to help with their nuclear enrichment program. And the argument always was from them, well, well they're going to do it anyway. So we might as well uh, make sure that they like us by, uh, by giving them money to help them do it which is such a ridiculous notion that Iran's going to like us. Iran hates us. Iran hates us. Iran hates Saudi Arabia. Iran hates the Jews. Iran hates a lot of people. 
They are the Islamic Republic of Iran. Their entire constitution is based upon living under Islamic law as they perceive it, as they believe it. And they believe that Muslims who don't live that way are as much an infidel as I am, you are, a Jewish person is, a uh, devout Christian is, whoever. And they all need to die to bring about the, the caliphate and the end of the world. Like, this is what these people really believe. And, and so how do you sit down and have lunch with somebody like that and, uh, and, and chat with them about how we can have peace? You can't. All you can do is just hope that they don't do something crazy. You, it's, 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 it's crazy containment. That's, all, that's your only option in dealing with people like that. You can't sit down and negotiate with somebody after a round of golf when the person who you're golfing with thinks that you need to be killed. Because you are a direct affront a, a, a to his vision of Islam and that your presence on the earth literally needs to be destroyed in order to, to fulfill their destiny. That's not you can't play play tennis with somebody like that and then sit down and go, hey, let's chat about this and see if we can work something out. This is not a territorial issue. This is not a geographical issue. This is not an issue about resources or money or anything else. This is about extreme religious philosophy. And Joe Biden said nothing about Iran because, again, like the Obama administration, this administration, which is basically the Obama administration, wants Iran to have a seat at the table. Why you would want a country to have a seat at the table that believes that you have other countries around the world that should be eliminated makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense. And because this attack by Hamas happened, this brutal terror attack, think of what happened in the wake of that. So the crown prince of Saudi Arabia comes out and says he stands with Palestine. So the, so the idea then that Saudi Arabia was going to come out and, and recognize Israel and recognize their sovereignty and recognize them as a nation, which would have been a massive leap forward, that's off the table, at least for the time being. So then you got to ask yourself the question that I always ask, well, who, who benefits from this? I mean, yeah, Hamas has always wanted to attack Israel. I get it. But really, who benefited in the end from this? Iran did. Iran did because now the peace deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel is off the table. That's why Iran is absolutely behind this. Only an idiot would think that they weren't. And yet the United States of America has not even pretended like there's a possibility Iran could be behind this. They have just simply come out and, and forgiven them right away and said, nope, not, not Iran. Nope, just not them. Not them. Why would the administration do that? You know, we go to such extremes, it's either what, World War Three, or we tell everybody that Iran's the good guy? No, you know, there's a happy medium here. The happy medium is we let the world know these people are crazy, and we as a world have to make sure that they stay contained because they're crazy. And crazy people have to be contained. That's a strategy for preventing World War Three. Instead, we let the world know that Iran's the good guy as Iran pals up with Russia and pals up with China and gets very, very rich and makes a lot of money. So you explain this to me, because I can't figure it out. 877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. We got some big shows coming up this weekend, of course, on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox News. We got Senator Tom Cotton and General Keith Kellogg joining Mark live. Don't go away. Mark Levin.
Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals I'd say what, though, you know, the notion of Iran and their role in all this in the world and Joe Biden's failure to be a strong leader was so evident, so on display last night. It really was. And I'm telling you, I, I just it amazes me how many people in the Democrat Party who hate Jews and, and are, are openly coming out and saying it. You know, I mean, there's some moral equivalency here between Hamas and the IDF. Some moral equivalency. And this is this is really a result of the brainwashing by college campuses, which is why you see so much of the uh, these protests on college campuses that are breaking out. And you see this because people are taught that Israel is bad. That's what they're told. They're taught this by these very, very woke professors in college. And, you know, this piece by Noah, uh, Noah Rothman over at uh, National Review is a great point about this, that this guy who I mentioned to you who resigned in the State Department, this guy, Josh Paul, who said he doesn't like the fact that, you know, Joe Biden is, is standing with Israel, even though I don't think Joe Biden's standing with Israel. I think Joe Biden is giving the words that sound like he's standing with Israel, but he's also allowing the Democrat Party to openly, openly side with Hamas and Hezbollah and uh, condemn Israel. But to, to think about this, that he said it was it was clear that there's no arguing with this one of the, the administration's decision to transfer aid and arms to Israel following the massacre of fourteen hundred Israelis and the kidnapping of more than two hundred Israeli citizens and foreign nationals, including the United States, including United States citizens by the Hamas led regime in the Gaza Strip. In a fawning profile of the previously unknown bureaucrat in The Times, this guy castigated Biden's blind support for one side of the Israel-Hamas conflict, called the White House's posture short-sighted, destructive, unjust, and contradictory to the very values, and said Biden's policies perpetuate the status quo of the occupation. What occupation? What occupation is the question. But this is how they think. This is how the Democrats think. And these people are in the administration. They're on Capitol Hill. They're everywhere. They're on social media. They're in college campuses. Hour number two of the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, straight ahead. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. So Donald Trump got a gag order today in court because his First Amendment rights have been violated. Meanwhile... Uh, Joe Biden is out there right now doing the policy bidding of Barack Obama. This is the state of the world we live in right now. Welcome back to the show. The great one is off tonight. He's flying to the Reagan Library in California. He'll be signing copies of the Democrat Party Hates America. It is me, Rich Zioli, with you tonight from Mark's hometown of WPHT in Philadelphia. I tell you, listening to that speech last night from the president really infuriated me because he kept tying it to aid to Ukraine. Now, look, whether or not you are pro-funding of Ukraine or not, these are two separate issues here. These are two separate issues. And support for Israel is different from support for Ukraine. I think everybody understands these are two different things. What this president is trying to do is he's trying to uh, equate these two conflicts as a way for him to get more money to Ukraine. So it's shameless. And what he's doing, and this is exactly why I agree with what Senator J.D. Vance said last night on Hannity's show when he said that Biden used dead Israeli children to sell $60 billion more in foreign aid to Ukraine. Now, before I play that clip to you, I just want to make the point. It, wherever you stand on the Ukraine issue, my personal opinion is that at this point, there needs to, there needs to be up or down votes on funding for Ukraine. Up or down votes, yes or no, separate from everything and anything else. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because if you don't support increased funding for Ukraine, you have a right to know where your member of Congress stands on the issue. If you do support it, you have a right to know where your member of Congress stands on this issue. The Constitution is very clear. Congress makes war. Now, I understand we're not in a, in a hot war here with Russia, but this is a proxy war, and we spent over $120 billion, and Biden wants to spend more. And yet, I don't get a say. You don't get a say. Congress doesn't get a say. We just kind of put stuff in these big omnibus bills, and they push him down. Whatever you feel about Kevin McCarthy, whatever anger you have towards the eight people that, that went and, and removed him as speaker, in my opinion, what led to his downfall was agreeing to that continuing resolution that had the Ukraine funding in it. As opposed to saying, listen, we're going to have an up or down vote in Ukraine. It's going to be separate from keeping the government open. And nobody's going to get to hide from this. Everybody's going to know where you stand on this issue. See, I think that among a lot of Republicans out there, a lot of conservatives funding for Ukraine, this perpetual funding is getting very controversial. And it's not because they want Putin to win. It's not because of the media spin that they're pro Putin. They want to see Russia win. It's nothing like that at all. It's that there's no there's no end game here. There's no budget. We don't know where the hell the money goes. Putin's still making money. We, we're, we're paying people to what, keep bakeries open in Ukraine. I, I, I mean, I, like at some point as taxpayers, we should get a say in, in this whole matter and say, all right, what's the what's the plan here? What are we doing? What's the plan? And we don't get that say. And that's my problem with it. And every time they keep putting this into these big, massive spending bills, they just keep kicking the ball down the field and say, oh, well, we don't have to worry about it now. 
And they give all these moderate Republicans the excuse to go back to their districts and say, well, I didn't want to support this, but I had to because I had to make sure that our our troops, our men and women in uniform still got their paychecks. Give me stop. Enough. B.S. It's B.S. You could have kept the government open. You could have made sure that our troops got their paychecks, could have done all those things and still had an up or down vote in Ukraine. See, I think ultimately that's what did Kevin McCarthy in. But it's also ironically enough what did Jim Jordan in because Jim Jordan would demand an up or down vote on funding for Ukraine. And he would keep it separate from Israel. And he would keep it separate from keeping the government open. Look, we have this massive, wide-open southern border. We have a, a major national security risk. Our country is has serious problems economically. And we're now going to just throw another $100 billion at two different conflicts. And we don't know where the money comes from. It's just more spending. Janet Yellen goes out there and says to everybody, don't worry about it. We got plenty of money. The economy's great. Biden's doing nothing to secure the border, and and Republicans don't even force him to. They don't even force him to secure the border. They're they're fine with it. They just they just let it go. They come out, they give their little statements and their speeches, but they don't do anything about it. They don't demand that he send the National Guard down there and actually secure the southern border. They don't demand these things as a condition for funding the government. They're so afraid of what the media is going to say about them. But like I said, ironically enough, this is what did Jim Jordan in because Jim Jordan would not play that game. And the 25 moderates, so-called moderates, who all blocked Jim Jordan's ascension as speaker, it wasn't about Matt Gates. We're past that point now. It wasn't revenge against Matt Gates. I mean, Kevin McCarthy was out there today nominating Jim Jordan for speaker and saying that Jim Jordan would be a great speaker. He was passionately advocating for him. Tom Massey, who voted for McCarthy to stay, Tom Massey said he would have voted, he would have stayed and voted a thousand rounds if that's what it took to get Jim Jordan as speaker. People love the guy, and they should love the guy. He's a fighter. He's a conservative. He's a guy that adheres to the Constitution. And he's, you know, he's a guy that pushes back on the executive branch of government. You know, it's so upside down right now, the way things are in this country. I, one of the things that infuriates me is that you know about the Chevron deference doctrine. I know Mark has talked about that a lot. This idea that the executive branch of government gets to do whatever the hell it wants to do. can make up rules and laws, regulations, you know, the Constitution is very clear. Congress makes laws. The president can sign them or veto them, but Congress passes laws. Instead, right now, what we have is we have an executive branch of government where they make they make the laws. They, they're called rules. They're called regulations. They're promulgated in the federal register. And there's a comment period. And you're welcome to submit your commentary, but they really don't care what you think. They're, they've already made their minds up, you see. And if Congress doesn't like it, Well, then Congress has to vote to undo a rule or a regulation from the executive branch. And of course, a lot of times that's very controversial to do, you see. So they don't bother. So the executive branch gets to run away and make rules and policies. Now, hopefully the United States Supreme Court will overturn or at least drastically rewrite Chevron because there's a case before it regarding herring. Herring is a fish. I had to look that up. I'm not a fisherman. I like fish sticks. like a good fish. I don't particularly fish. I enjoy fishing. I just don't fish. I don't actively fish. It's like golf. I don't have time for it. I got three young kids. But the point is, you know, the, the government came around and said uh, to the herring boat operators, hey, you got to have a, a, a herring fishing boat monitor on your boat and you got to pay for it. And then the herring fish people turned around and said, this is ridiculous. You're making us pay to have a monitor, a federal monitor on our own boats? So that's the case that's going before the United States Supreme Court. It's kind of like the mafia, isn't it? 
It's like the mob comes out and goes, yeah, you know what? My idiot nephew needs a job. So you're going to hire him to do uh, a, a, a thing on the boat. It's a no-show thing, but he, he's going to be there, and he's going to count how many herring you catch. And the fishing operator goes, all right, well, I guess I got to have this guy on my boat because, you know, otherwise you're not going to let me dock the boat. It's, it's, it's thuggish behavior is what it is. It's extortion is what it is. The federal government can do it. They're allowed to get away with it. And then they can count those people as jobs. They can count those as jobs. So when the Biden administration puts out its phony jobs report, they can go, look at all the new jobs we created. A lot of those jobs are they're government jobs. The majority of them are government jobs because of regulations like that. Federal herring fishing monitors paid for by the herring fishing industry. That is an industry that's struggling. But there's another aspect of this, too. And that is an executive branch of government that has been weaponized against the American people. And you know this and the censorship and we've all seen it. So let's let's go. Let's go back here a little bit and think back to 2016 when you had the the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the deep state. They all knew that the Hillary Clinton dossier that she paid for when she colluded with Russia to have the the P dossier created. They all knew it was B.S., they all knew, well, they, but they perpetuated it. They perpetuated the hoax and they used it as an opportunity, an excuse to spy against American citizens, spy on a presidential campaign and try to stop an American citizen from becoming president, Donald Trump. When Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were going back and forth about don't worry, we'll stop him. That's the federal government. That's their police state powers. And I say police state and it's not hyperbole. A police state, the very definition is when the government uses its law enforcement powers to affect politics. That's the definition. That's it. And it's employed by tyrannical regimes throughout history. They spy on their citizens, they intimidate their citizens, and they use their own powers that were given to them by the people, or in some cases where they just took it. But in the case of this country, we gave the government a whole lot of policies. We gave them a whole lot of power to keep us safe from terrorists, right? And they turned around and used those powers to try to affect the 2016 presidential election. They spied on people, spied on a campaign. Fast forward to 2020 when they did the exact same stuff with the Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI knew it was real. Person of the CIA, they all worked together to make sure that the media, I call it the unholy triad. It's a corporate media, it's big tech and the government all working together to make sure that the message is the message that they want you to hear and to shut down any message that contradicts with their message. And they do these things openly. So the terrorist that used to be the guy in the Middle East hiding behind a tree about to blow you up, which is why the government needed to spy on you and read your emails and know what books you're checking out of the library. That terrorist suddenly became you, a potential domestic violent extremist. Because after the high holy day of the left, January 6, 2021, well, you know, if you have a, a MAGA hat or a Betsy Ross flag or a don't tread on me symbol, you're probably a domestic violent extremist, or if you're a mom at a school board meeting, or if you uh, say mass in Latin, or you pray outside a pro, uh, an abortion clinic, you might be a terrorist. So we got to spy on you. We need more money. We need more budgets. We need, And you see, Jim Jordan is standing up to this crap. So is Byron Donalds. So is Tom Massey. So is Jim, Jim Comer. There's some good people there trying really hard to push back against this, this administration and the weaponization that's happened.
They were able to take down a president of the United States. So think about what they can do to you. And they're trying to do it again. I mean, this is why the prosecution of Donald Trump that's occurring right now is to travesty because it's a weaponized political prosecution of Trump. And now Trump doesn't even have the ability to town hall meeting or on a, a debate stage to explain that the United States of America is politically persecuting him because he would be violating the judge's gag order. Jim Jordan pushes back on that stuff. And we have to push back on this stuff. Because the executive branch of government is completely out of control. And you know the reason why they want to stop Trump the most? You've heard about this Project 2025. This is a project that's led by conservative groups like the Heritage Foundation, where they want to shift the power back to the executive, not the executive branch, to the executive. The executive is one person, the president. You look in the Constitution, the power of the executive is vested in a president, not a president, and thousands and thousands of unelected, unaccountable, faceless bureaucrats. It's a president. So the goal here is to shift the power back to the president, not the executive branch that could actually undermine the president and bring down the president, which is what the executive branch of government did to Donald Trump. And that scares them. I mean, that scares the deep state. That scares the swamp. That scares the bejesus out of them. They want to stop this. So whatever they got to do to stop Trump from getting in there, because you know what? It's personal with him. He's been burned by these people. He went in there and he trusted them in 2016 and 2017. And then he realized what was going on. And by the time he realized it, it was too late and they took him out. And when he goes in there again, if he gets elected again, he's not going to let that happen. He's going to put Project 2025 in place. And that's going to restore the balance back to the elected accountable president who is accountable to the voters and also to Congress because Congress has impeachment powers. So that bureaucrats in the EPA can't undermine his agenda. So that bureaucrats at the National Oceanographic Atmospheric Administration can't undermine his agenda and lie to everybody and say that windmills are not, are, are not killing whales and dolphins. That needs to happen. But you see, Jordan's a threat to the deep state. So is Trump. This is why these people need to be stopped. And there's so many establishment Republicans that go along with this crap. You know why they do? Because they want to become lobbyists and get big paychecks. And they want to go on boards and corporations and cash it in. And they have to be good little boys and girls, you see. And go along with what these big corporations want and what big pharma wants, the military industrial complex wants, whatever. They got to go along with it. Otherwise, there's no payday when they leave Congress. That's the problem. That's what we're seeing happening right now. And what you're also seeing happening right now, playing out in real time for all of us to watch, is an absolute onslaught against freedom of speech in this country. Your thoughts, my thoughts, your freedom to hear things, your freedom to say things, your freedom to hear things in the town square debate that you may disagree with. That freedom is also being shut down by this government. This is the Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich Zioli from WPHD, and for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin.
I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans, about a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day, but they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. You know, the uh, presidential election, everything that's going on in the country right now, Joe Biden's corruption has to be exposed. On the other side of this, at the bottom of the hour, as we say in the biz, I'm going to share with you what Representative James Comer said regarding Biden's corruption. It's important that you hear this. It's important that you understand exactly just how corrupt Joe Biden is. But, you know, the the former president, Donald Trump, is now potentially facing jail time. Like, Like they're threatening him with jail time if he says more things. So this judge fined him today $5,000 for this gag order violation. You know what the violation was? He made a joke about the law clerk being Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. And I get it. I get it. Ladies, I understand. No woman, no woman anywhere would ever want to be accused of being Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. I understand. I get it. But at the same time, he does have a First Amendment right to make a snarky comment like that about a law clerk and he did it on social media and uh the judge fined him five thousand dollars now look five grand is nothing to donald trump but that's not the point it's not about the money it's not about the money this judge who's a nut this arthur engeron warned this is the guy remember mark played you the clip of him saying that he believed that judges could nullify jury decisions he warned that future violations will subject trump to far more serious sanctions including imprisonment imprisonment he said that he that 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 what trump did in in this in this horrible situation making this joke which now led to this gag order in new york and now we have the gag order on the federal level as well but the trump the post remained up after trump made the, the crack about the clerk dating chuck schumer and the post remained up on trump's website donaldjtrump.com for more than two weeks and so there's this left-leaning website called Midas Touch. They published an article Thursday about the not-deleted post. And then the slime bags over at the Daily Beast reposted that the article, reposted the article, which led attorneys on both sides of the trial to be notified about the post, which was ultimately removed Thursday night. So you see, it was even an old post. It was an old post, but they didn't care. It doesn't matter. So then the judge laced into Trump in court this morning saying, this is a blatant violation of the gag order. I made it clear failure to comply will result in serious sanctions. It remained on the Donald J. Trump campaign site. And in fact, it has been on there for the past 17 days. And it was removed late last night after an email from this court. Defense attorney apologized, but the judge doesn't care. And he says now, if Trump does it again, I'll throw him in jail. Welcome to the United States of America. We'll be right back. 
I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans, about a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day, but they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this no cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. Mark Levin says today what the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. So Representative James Comer has come out in a video message and exposed Biden's corruption. Welcome back to the show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli. PhD in Philadelphia, Mark's hometown, getting ready for the Phillies tonight at 8 o'clock. And just a heads up, he'll be signing books tomorrow at the Reagan Library, which is where he's on his way to tonight. The Democrat Party hates America. But you can tune in Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox News for Life, Liberty, and Levin Saturday. Senator Tom Cotton, General Keith Kellogg will will, will be Mark's guest, excuse me. And Pastor John Hagee and Eugene Kontorovich, professor of law, will join Mark on Life, Liberty, and Levin Sunday at 8 p.m. Fox News Eastern Time. Hardest working man in showbiz right there. Hardest working man seven days a week, seven days a week. But it's always an honor when he asks me to fill in for him. And I really do appreciate the opportunity to be here. So as Donald Trump is facing this uh, ridiculous gag order, a complete and utter violation of his First Amendment rights, And remember, like I said, you run for office, you have to convince voters of your innocence. You do. I mean, politicians get accused of things all the time. Sex scandals. Look at Bill Clinton, for example. Uh, They get accused of corruption. Look at Bob Menendez, for example. They're accused of all kinds of things. And they have to go out there and they have to address these things in the court of public opinion. Now, the, the, the trouble, of course, with being a candidate who's been accused of crimes is that you may say things in the court of public opinion that could hurt you in the court of law. I mean, most attorneys, defense attorneys will tell you, keep your mouth shut, right? And keep your mouth shut. You have a constitutional right. Keep your mouth shut. But you can't do that if you're running for office. This is why we don't prosecute our political enemies in this country. This is what I was I was told by the left for years. They lectured me. They lectured you. Remember this? They lectured us. Joe Scarborough going out there telling us day in and day out, you know, Mika, Mika, Mika. We don't we don't prosecute our political enemies in this country. And even though Trump did not for the entire four years he was president, they are prosecuting him. So now what do you do? You're running for office and you have to convince people to vote for you. But at the same time, you may say things that could hurt your defense in a criminal case. You got to roll the dice. You got to hope you win. You got to hope that you can you can win in both courts, the court of public opinion and the court of law. Except now the government of the United States, which is prosecuting you, has said to you, you can't make your case in the court of public opinion, even though you need to if you want to win. 
Because you can't win unless you're able to go out there and passionately address these accusations. And since these are political accusations, the people want to know, are you going to fight them? And very often, and this is the game, very often if you don't address them, well, then people think, well, maybe you're guilty. I mean, otherwise, why are you not vigorously fighting this? Now, look, if it's just you or me in, the, in, in, in private life, we can very easily just say, my attorney said, me, said I, I, I can't talk about it. I have to, you know, not jeopardize that case. And people would understand that point. But voters in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, town halls and fairs and debate stages, they want to hear from the candidates. And they want to know this candidate's going to passionately fight. And they want to know the candidates. And, and, and considering the fact that this is a political prosecution, it's also a political issue that Donald Trump has to remain silent on. The weaponization of government by the United States of America against its people is a political issue. Well, think about it. We have an entire congressional subcommittee, the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government, which is out there right now to expose and deal with the fact that the government of the United States of America is weaponized against its own citizens. That it uses the power that we gave them under the guise of keeping us safe to spy on us, to control the message, control the narrative, all under the guise of misinformation and disinformation. COVID, Hunter Biden laptop, on and on it goes. So it's a political issue as well. And what Trump could do is he could stand up there and he could say, you know what, listen. I'm out there fighting right now because this government has weaponized itself against you. How many of you have had your posts taken down because you complained about uh, the book Gender Queer in school, in your kid's school? Or maybe you went to a school board meeting and complained about it, and then they called you a domestic violent extremist. Or you were threatened by Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, who is hell-bent on getting revenge against Republicans who did not give him a hearing for the Supreme Court. So he stands up there and he says, how many of you in the room had one of your posts taken down because you said that the COVID vaccine might have heart inflammation, myocarditis issues in healthy young men, and you have real concerns about this? How many of you in the room have had your posts taken down because maybe you called out this administration for trying to groom your children? And that you said it's ridiculous that a five-year-old can learn that she can become a he. And that this administration threatened you that you could be a domestic violent extremist, a terrorist. Well, you know what? The same thing happened to me. This government went after me and tried to shut down my speech because they're so afraid of me that I'm going to get in there and go after all these bums who are threatening you and going after you and silencing you and silencing debate and putting out their narrative and controlling the message like tyrants do. And that's why I'm up here on this stage tonight. Be a great political message, but he can't say it. Because the minute that he starts to accuse the government of the United States of America of targeting him politically, even though it's a political issue, even though it's a political issue that has not just affected him, it's affected a lot of us. I imagine that my fellow Levinites have experienced what I experienced. Me, I'll give you a great story. Back during the early days of COVID-19, when I knew, I knew exactly where this virus came from. It came from a lab. And, you know, despite Fauci and his minions telling us it came from an undercooked bat burger at a wet market in Wuhan, China, I knew damn well it came from a lab and you knew it, too. We all knew it. But how many times did you post things like that and you saw that those posts just kind of subtly disappeared into the background and you couldn't share them anymore? You couldn't you couldn't share them with your friends and, and, and people would say, where'd your post go? It just sort of disappear into the ether. 
Everybody has an experience in this area. Right now in this country, I've seen people more united around this area of censorship than ever before. See, I know people who used to be Democrats. I have this friend. She's great. And she and I disagree on politics a lot. Well, we used to, I should say. We used to. Let me paraphrase that. But, you know, I'm the kind of guy, I can hang out with anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I can sit around the campfire and have a beer or a glass of wine and smoke a cigar and debate politics. And I find that to be fun. I'm not like the left where I got to put up signs and I got to cancel people and I got to spread vicious rumors about them. And I got to I got to come after them and try to destroy them and ruin their careers and their lives. I don't have to do that if I disagree with you politically. We can have a nice debate about it. It could be fun. So I have this, but that's how most of us are on the, on our side of the aisle. Are we not? Hey, we, we can, we can do that. We can separate that. The left can't. That's why, how many times have you had your intelligence insulted by somebody on the left? It's the first thing they do, isn't it? Well, if you'd read a book, maybe if you went to school, maybe if you paid attention, maybe if you were educated, they always do that. That's the first do they cheap shot, right? They go right after you for that whole thing. They mock your intelligence, try to gain some sort of um, uh, intellectual superiority on you. They love to do that. It's a sign of deep insecurity, by the way, just for the record. And they are some of the most insecure people I know. But if, if I have a friend who I disagree with politically, as long as they're cool about it, I don't mind. I'll have them around. We can hang out. We can debate. I'll try to win them over. Trying to win him over to my side of thinking. So a friend of mine was like that. And during COVID, uh, she used to hate my radio show. And she'd make jokes about it. She said, I pulled up one day at, at a parking uh, at a red light, you know, windows down. And somebody next to me is listening to you on the radio. So I roll my windows up so that I didn't have to hear you on the radio. This is a friend of mine. But it's okay. It was funny. I thought it was a funny thing. Anyway, COVID happens and her kids are shut down from going to school like my kids were, locked down, you know. Then the mask mandate crap happens. Then she starts seeing the curriculum. Now she's one of the most conservative people I know. And she told me one day, she said, I'll never vote Democrat in my life ever again. She said, the teachers union controls the Democrat party. I didn't know that. So she's woke in the right direction now. She's, she's awake to what we all know. But she's not alone. Now she runs conservative candidates for school boards all across the state. She's doing very, very well, too. She runs conservative candidates across the state, and the people that are running for these school boards in New Jersey and other places like that, they were never involved in politics. And for a lot of them, they kind of had the same thinking. You know, they considered themselves to be moderates. They hated Trump's tweets. They didn't like the mean things he'd say, the mean tweets and whatnot. Now they're extremely conservative. And they're mad. That a lot of what they've been trying to say has been either silenced or they were threatened as domestic violent extremists by the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland. So, you know, you keep hearing these political pundits out there and they're always telling you all the time. They go, uh, the suburban woman vote is key to 2024. And then the same pundit will say something completely baseless with absolutely no scientific data to back it up whatsoever. They'll come out and they'll say, and um, suburban women don't like Trump. They don't like his tweets. They find him mean. Well, actually, I I think a lot of suburban women like his policies. They may not like his tweets, but I think they, like suburban dads, like his his policies. And they like the world, and they like the economy a hell of a lot better when he was president. But now they have something in common with him, which is that their tweets and their Facebook posts were considered mean. Ah, you see, there it is. Suddenly, after COVID happened, and the same moms and dads who were out there, I'll use moms as the example in this analogy, but, you know, because since we're talking about the suburban woman vote, 
These same moms who didn't like Trump's tweets, well, now suddenly they were posting things on Facebook and they were posting things on Instagram and they were posting things on Twitter and they were saying all these things about their schools and the school board and, and the administration and this and that. And what happened? They were called mean. They were called hateful. They were called bigots and transphobes. And they were accused of, 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 uh, of wanting to um, hurt people. And they turned around and they said, no, I'm not a hateful, bigoted person. I just don't want my five-year-old learning about what a vulva is in kindergarten. But now they have something in common with Trump. They, too, were blasted on social media for their mean words and their mean comments, you see? So he can bond with these voters now. And they may publicly still come out and say, you know, I really don't like his tweets and his Facebook posts and they're mean. And I don't know, I guess now you have to call them exes because now the site formerly known as Twitter is now X. Oh, it doesn't work for me though to come out and say his exes. It sounds weird. It sounds like ex-girlfriends or something, ex-wives or something, but they can bond with him over this and he can stand up there and he can say that. He can say, now you know exactly what, I, what I'm talking about. And people will be nodding their heads. And he can say, this government is weaponized against you. Whether it's at the state level, the local school board level, the, the federal government level. They want their narrative, their information, and anything you say that they disagree with, they want to shut down, call you a terrorist, call you domestic violent extremist, call you mean, hateful, bigoted, accuse you of wanting to hurt people, and shut you down. That's what this government does, and that's why I'm running, and that's what I'm trying to fight against. That's a great message. And more importantly, it's a message that people can empathize with and he can empathize with people because everybody's going through that. I don't know anybody who hasn't been called a hateful name in the last several years if they've ever experienced or 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 I should say if they ever put forward a political thought or opinion that ever, ever conflicted with what the left wants you to say. Being on gender ideology, like, for example, you know, your kid goes to school and identifies as a cat and the administration doesn't call you as a parent to let you know, hey, uh, your kid wants a litter box in the classroom. Well, I think we can all agree that that's absurd and the parents should at least get a phone call, for example. Hey, at least a courtesy of a phone call. They go, hey, uh, Mr. Zioli, just to let you know, your your son's uh, got claws and he's identifying as a as a as a freaking cat. But. They're in New Jersey, for example, they're suing now school districts. If those school districts will let parents know that their child is coming into school, that Johnny's coming in and saying, I'm actually Susie. And if the school lets the parents know, the state is now suing those school districts to say, you can't let the parents know. The parents don't have a right to know what's going on in their kids' lives. And if the parents speak out against that, what are they called? Hateful, bigoted, right? They want to hurt these kids, they want to bring harm to them. The weaponization of government is not just on the federal level. The weaponization of government is everywhere. It's everywhere there's Democrats. The Democrat Party hates America. The Democrat Party loves the weaponization of government at every level of government. From the town that busts your chops to the school board that grooms your kids to the state that wants to ban gas-powered cars to the federal government that uses its power to go against you and, and censor speech. And that's what they're doing to the former president. So talk about a way to empathize with suburban moms who have literally been called terrorists, who have literally been called hateful bigots, who have been fighting for their children. But the government doesn't want him to be able to do that, you see, because that's a really, really powerful political tool he's got in his arsenal right there. They don't want him to have that political tool in his arsenal, so they put a gag order on him. 
Meanwhile, Joe Biden's corruption stinks to high heaven, and I'll get into that with you upon my return. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, coming right back. Mark Levin. I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans, about a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this noble cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> Biden's corruption has to absolutely be exposed here. And I'm glad, thank God, Jim, thank God Jim Comer is the chairman of the committee and he's, he's a fighter too, he's a bulldog. But as we continue along here on the show, we don't have a speaker. I don't, listen, first of all, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But I do know one thing, and that is that if it's Byron Donalds, we will all be thrilled. Would we not? Would we not love it if it's B-Dog himself? He's fantastic. He'd be great. And the names are going to change and everything, but I don't think Byron Donalds will get it for the simple reason, the same reason why Jim Jordan wouldn't get it, which is because he's not just going to be a go-along-to-get-along uniparty Republican. He's going to fight these people. He's going to fight the executive branch of government. He's going to push back on these people and he's going to he's going to insist on up or down votes. And this is a threat to the establishment. And that's why they want to stop it. It's not complicated. I mean, you just got to understand these people go to Washington. They go to Congress. They get paid what, like a buck seventy five a year, which is good money. But they know that they can make millions of dollars a year when they leave the administration. When they leave the Congress. And get a job at a law firm or get a job at some public affairs firm, go on a board of a corporation. So most of them would rather just stay under the radar. Really, truly, they'd rather just kind of stay under the radar and do what has to be done and be seen as the reasonable Republican, the reasonable Republican. So this way, when they're at a corporate board meeting one day, they can say, well, you know, uh, so-and-so was always a reasonable Republican. He wasn't one of those Jim Jordan types, you know, wasn't one of those Byron Donalds types, wasn't one of those Tom Massey or uh, Jim Comer types. Uh, He was reasonable. Translation, he did what the Democrats wanted him to do. And that's what these people do. I mean, that's what they do. They, 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 they want that to be the thing so that one day when they decide to go cash it in, they'll have lots of opportunities. Put their names on law firm letterheads and then just go and play golf all day and hang out at the beach and wear flip-flops, which is the only acceptable place for men to wear flip-flops is the beach or a, by a pool, never at a restaurant. Nobody wants to see your hairy man toes. But I'll play for you in the 8 o'clock hour, Representative James Comer. We have found a $200,000 direct payment to Joe Biden. And Biden, in his speech last night, I have some thoughts on what he said, which I'm going to share with you, with you as well. But don't forget something. And this is very important. Biden's not calling the shots. And I told you earlier, my theory is that it's Barack Obama calling the shots. And I really do believe that. 
I really do believe Obama's the one calling the shots here. He's making the decisions. Or maybe she's making the decisions. Hour three of the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, from WPHD in Philadelphia. Coming straight back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Biden's corruption must be exposed before the entire world, and James Comer has the receipts. That's right, the canceled checks. Welcome back to the show. It is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It is me, Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia, Mark's hometown. He is at the Reagan Library signing books. Of course, his book, The Democrat Party Hates America, which is a fantastic read, by the way, and I highly recommend you get a copy of it. Let's talk about Biden's corruption. Let's talk about it. You know about it. I know about it. We all know about it. And I'm sorry, but the American people do care about this. Think back to 2020 for just a quick second. You know, I was reading a story today about this teacher in New York. I think it's New York. Uh, She was making 42 grand a year. She gave up her job as a teacher to do an OnlyFans page where she's now making a million dollars a year. OnlyFans is a page where it provides you the opportunity to show adult pictures of yourself in various compromising positions, you know, like the Hunter Biden laptop, for example. When the Hunter Biden laptop came out in 2020 and the entire national security deep state all corralled together to turn around and say it was Russian disinformation. Remember that? 51 former national security hacks all say this has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. Why do you think they did that? Was it to cover up the fact that Hunter Biden was naked with Russian hookers and doing cocaine off the rear ends, passing out in hot tubs, orgies? Was it was it really that? Was it really that that they all had to run around and say, oh, man, this laptop's not real because, oh, if those pictures were exposed, people would really they'd be they would never vote for Joe Biden if his son was engaged in pornography with prostitutes and doing drugs. Or do you think it's because the laptop directly tied Joe Biden to the Biden criminal enterprise and absolutely proved that Joe Biden is dirty and corrupt and crooked? Which one do you think is more likely? 
See, I don't think it's the fact that Hunter Biden was just simply naked with prostitutes and doing drugs and all those things. Because then Joe Biden could have come out and he could have said, you know, my son has struggled and these pictures are embarrassing what's on the laptop. But listen, he's pulled his life together, blah, blah, blah. I probably earned some sympathy votes out of it, actually. No, no, no. The reason why the entire deep state coalesced and the unholy triad of the corporate media, big tech and the government all work together to say the Russian laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation was because of Joe Biden's corruption. And why? Because they needed to stop Trump from winning. They had their guy in Joe Biden and whatever was on that laptop was so damning, it actually would have cost Joe Biden the election. Would have cost him the election. So think about it. It's mid-October right now. And whatever's on that laptop, these people are terrified of it. They're petrified that what's on that laptop is going to be exposed. It's going to prove that Joe Biden's a crook. It's going to prove that if Joe Biden becomes president, the United States of America is going to be compromised. Our foreign policy is going to be compromised. So they all work together to say it's Russian BS. Big tech censors the story. The New York Post story. The government goes out there says it's Russian BS, and they all work together. Well, this time around, they can't pretend like the laptop's Russian disinformation because now Hunter Biden is an idiot. He's claimed that it's his. In fact, he's suing John Paul Mac Isaac, the owner of the Delaware repair shop, saying that John Paul Mac Isaac took his information. So he's admitted that it's his laptop. So whatever's on the laptop now, that's all coming out in the course of the oversight committee and the impeachment investigation into Joe Biden is obviously going to be something that was shocking and scary enough to the deep state in 2020 that they said, we have to bury this. We have to bury this. Now, combine that with the fact that how much more lucid was Joe Biden three years ago? I mean, let's face it, three years ago, he sounded like a completely different person. How bad is Joe Biden going to sound in a year? When he's on that debate stage a year from now, say it's say it's Friday, October 20th, I guess it would be, Thursday, October 20th of 2024, and there's a debate, and Joe Biden's on stage with Donald Trump. How's he going to do? You don't think the Democrat power brokers are thinking that? And more of the corruption comes out, and the economy stinks, because the economy's still going to stink, because government spending is not going down. In fact, we're about to now spend $100 billion now for Ukraine and Israel, more than that, and also aid to Gaza. And we still have a war in energy going on, so energy prices are going to spike. Whatever happens in the Middle East, all the chaos in the Middle East is also going to cause the price of gasoline to go up. You know that. I know that. History tells us that. So it's not like people are going to be in a better position. Interest rates are still going to be high. The middle class is still going to be housed out of, priced out of the housing market. And Joe Biden's going to be up there babbling, sounding way worse than he does today. Because I think, I think his deterioration every day it seems to be getting exponentially worse than the day before. I mean, on Air Force One yesterday, it looked like a, like a, like a lost old man wandering around in an airplane. And the, the look on his staff members, his faces as he was speaking, and the looks of absolute sheer horror. And what is he going to say? How do we get him out of here? And it's his plane, it's Air Force One, so he, he decides when they take off, and they can't even act like, listen, everybody, the captain said we have to go now. The president calls that, makes that deal. So, James Comer, he's got the receipts, put out a message today regarding a check directly deposited to Joe Biden by his brother, James Biden, 
The Biden criminal enterprise, which is an international money laundering scheme, which the United States of America tried to stop its best investigators from uncovering. These people are good. They're really good. I mean, the guys that go after this stuff. Complicated international money laundering schemes with various shell corporations and companies and LLCs and payments. And to really go after that, you got to be a good forensic investigator. And these guys were good, but they were told to stand down. That's why they became whistleblowers to expose all that. So, you know, when you hear Democrats go out there and say all the time, there's no proof of Biden's corruption. Right. There's no proof because you wouldn't let the forensic investigators do their job and do what they're good at and expose it and find it and track it down and build a case. These are not smoking gun cases. That idiot Jamie Raskin goes, there's no smoking gun. There's not even a leaky water pistol, which is just a dumb joke, by the way. Of course not. These cases don't involve smoking guns. These cases involve complicated papers and processes where you go through it all and build a case. Bringing down the mafia, bringing down organized crime, cartels, money laundering schemes, all of these things require a lot of work and a lot of effort by people to know what they're doing. And the United States government told its own people stand down to protect the president of the United States of America. So now it's left to Congress. Now it's left to the House Oversight Committee. And they can do their job, thankfully, because they have whistleblowers who are trying to help them, but they don't have nearly the resources the Department of Justice has or the IRS has because that's all the executive branch of government. And the executive branch of government is trying to protect the president. I told you this before. When Hunter Biden got that deal that everybody called a sweetheart deal, and I said to my audience in Philadelphia, I said, please, don't call it a sweetheart deal. This is not a sweetheart deal. This is a cover-up for the President of the United States of America and his corruption. They tried to give Hunter Biden the immunity deal to end all immunity deals by hiding everything into a gun charge, where they would forgive him all of his financial crimes, and all he had to do was enter this, this deferral program around the gun. What? Yeah, because it wasn't about protecting Hunter Biden. It was about protecting his father. It was about protecting the president of the United States of America. That's why it was not a sweetheart deal. It was a cover-up deal to protect the president. You had very talented investigators, forensic investigators at the IRS and the FBI who were told stand down. So they became whistleblowers and they came forward to Congress and they told Congress exactly what was happening. And with the limited resources the Republicans have, they are doing their best to do this job. But James Comer is not a forensic investigator. He didn't spend decades tracking down international money laundering schemes. He didn't spend decades like the whistleblowers did going around the world and bringing down financial empires, criminal enterprises. But he's doing his best and he's doing a good job. Cut number seven. This summer, Joe Biden said, where's the money? Well, we found some. We're still digging into evidence subpoenaed from bank accounts belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, and James and Sarah Biden, the brother and sister-in-law of the president. A document that we're releasing today raises new questions about how President Biden personally benefited from his family's shady influence peddling of his last name and their access to him. Bank records obtained by the House Committee on Oversight have revealed a $200,000 direct payment from James and Sarah Biden to Joe Biden in the form of a personal check. Here's some important context about this check we've obtained in our investigation. In 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans 
from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator. According to bankruptcy court documents, James Biden received these loans, quote, based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections, end quote. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. James Biden wrote this check to Joe Biden as a, quote, loan repayment. AmeriCorps, a distressed company, loaned money to James Biden, who then sent it to Joe Biden. Even if this was a personal loan repayment, it's still troubling that Joe Biden's ability to be paid back by his brother depended on the success of his family's shady financial dealings. Some immediate questions President Biden must answer for the American people. Does he have documents proving he lent such a large sum of money to his brother? And what were the terms of such financial agreement? Did he have similar financial agreements with other family members that led them to make similar large payments to him? And did he know that the same day James Biden wrote him a check for $200,000, James Biden had just received a loan for the exact same amount from business dealings with a company that was in financial distress and failing? The House Oversight Committee will soon announce our next investigative actions and continue to follow the money. The bank records don't end here. There's more to come. Good. Good for him. There's more to come. But again, he's doing his best. All these guys are doing their best, but they're not forensic investigators. But you know as well as I do that this whole issue with the money here and all the questions around this and then the questions regarding Biden's policies, Biden's foreign policies and how it seems like the bad guys are all benefiting under this president. Even Putin is. Don't forget the Moscow mayor's wife paid Hunter Biden something like $12 million, I think. The bad guys are, are, are benefiting all over the world. And I know that it's not politically correct to suggest that Biden is supporting Ukraine because Ukraine is the goods on him. But remember something. Donald Trump called Ukraine, talked to Zelensky, tried to figure all this stuff out. And what did the Democrats do? They impeached him. They needed to shut him up. So while you can still be a supporter of funding for Ukraine, you can be on Ukraine's side, you could believe that Russia needs to be defeated. It doesn't change the fact that Biden could also at the same time be compromised by Ukraine, which is driving a lot of this. And part of the reason why he will not allow debate on the issue. He will not allow people to debate. It must simply be his way or the highway. I absolutely believe that Joe Biden is compromised by Ukraine. I think he's compromised by Russia. And I absolutely think he's compromised by China, too. And all these corporations, all these phony shell companies from all these countries around the world, countries that the United States foreign policy now is directly impacted, directly impacted in their benefit, their favor. China does very well under Joe Biden. China got a complete pass on the COVID lab leak. China got a complete pass on the fact that they buy oil from Iran and Russia China gets a complete pass on the fact that international property theft or intellectual property theft, excuse me, goes on on a daily basis over there. Trump tried to go after China for all these things. And Joe Biden lets China get away with all of it. He's compromised. You know it. I know it. They know it. 
That's why they worked so diligently to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story. It was not because Hunter Biden had an OnlyFans page. It was because Hunter Biden's laptop proves his father's corruption. And that's why that deal was not a sweetheart deal. It was a cover-up for the president of the United States of America. This is the Mark Levin Show, hour number three, with me, Rich Zioli, coming right back. Mark Levin. I'll tell you, the entire thing about Biden's corruption, too, which is, I don't know, it's infuriating to a lot of us in America right now, is that the media, the corporate media, does not seem to care about Joe Biden's corruption in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they think it's made up all the time. They, they really do. They, they think that it's something that we've just invented. If that was the case, though, why the rush to pretend like the Hunter Biden laptop was just simply about Hunter Biden's nude pictures? You know, if we had an actual media in this country, they would they would do an investigative and journalism documentary style thing just on that. Why the rush to say the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation? Why? Why? You know, if if um, the argument is, well, because we just believe that Russia was involved in trying to overturn the presidential election. By now, the evidence has come out that they weren't. I mean, there were a couple hundred bots on social media that were posting things and they had no influence whatsoever. So isn't there a journalist out there that's kind of curious why the government of the United States worked feverishly overtime to tell everybody that it was Russian disinformation? See, like, even if in your heart of hearts at the time you believe that Russia was trying to do something, it doesn't change the fact that the FBI had the laptop in its possession in 2019. So the FBI knew it was real. The FBI knew it was real. The FBI set the stage for big tech to believe that something big was coming. So the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the people at the top, they set the stage for everybody at the, in big tech to think, oh, the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Something big is coming here. And then the laptop story breaks because they knew it was going to break because the, don't forget, they were monitoring Rudy Giuliani at the time. So they heard his conversations with Miranda Devine, who wrote the piece in the New York Post. So when the story breaks, they go, oh, maybe this is it. So where where are the Woodward and Bernsteins of our day to day to just ask those questions and come out and go, why was the government so intent on making us believe it was Russian disinformation? Now that we know that Russia was really not trying to influence the 2020 election. I mean, I'm sure they probably rooted for Trump, although I don't think they did, actually, because Biden got elected and they moved into Ukraine. So why would they root for Trump, knowing that for four years they had to sit back and do nothing? So if I'm Putin, why would I root for that guy? I want I want the I want the doddering old fool to win, who I've got I've got the goods on, and that guy won. It's the Mark Levin Show, coming right back. Plastic conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. And don't forget, tomorrow night, Life, Liberty, and Levin, Mark's guests will be Senator Tom Cotton and General Keith Kellogg, 8 p.m., Fox News Channel. Sunday night, we got Pastor John Hagee and Eugene Kontorovich, professor of law 
They will join Mark on Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday edition, 8 p.m. on the Fox News Channel. In the meantime, you're stuck with me, Rich Zioli, on Twitter, on X, at Rich Zioli, where I broadcast out of WPHT in Philadelphia. Let's take some calls, shall we? Let's start with Kevin in Florida. Kevin, you are on the Mark Levin Show. How are you? How you doing, Rich? This is actually Ken. 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 Hey, Ken. Yes. Rich, here's the deal. I worked for the state of Georgia's IT division for 12 years. Uh, I can tell you straight up that 2020 was stolen, 2018 was rigged, and so was 2022. Um, In Georgia, there is only one agency that is authorized to purchase IT equipment. They're called the Georgia Technology Authority. So my question, Rich, is if GTA approved those voting machines, then bottom line, somebody needs to go to jail. If GTA didn't approve those machines, somebody needs to go to jail. And having lived in Georgia for 25 years, uh, I know every politician in Georgia, including David Schaefer, who until recently was the head of the Republican Party for the state of Georgia, but the rhinos like uh, Brian Kemp forced him out. I don't know if you knew that or not, but all these things coalesce around the fact that 45 is still the legitimate president of the United States. He did win the election. I went to four Trump rallies, two in Georgia and one in... uh Okay, listen, brother. All I can tell you is let's hope he's the legitimate president in 2024 because we got to just we got to keep our eye on the ball for that. I mean, we have to. That's the thing. And we got to make sure people believe that the election will not be stolen and that their vote will be counted. And thank you for the call. I appreciate it. It's good information. And thank you for calling the Mark Levin show. I I, got to make it clear here. Look, whatever happened in the past is the past. And now you got to focus on 2024 and you got to make sure the election is going to be as secure as possible and you gotta you 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 have to convince people that this election will not be stolen and otherwise they're going to stay home and there's a lot of this i I hear this all the time from people i go what does it even matter they're going to steal they're going to steal it again listen do you have that philosophy i'm not saying ken did i'm just saying it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and then and then we're out of luck completely out of luck we're screwed We're, we're beyond out of luck we're screwed in 2024 screwed but remember what they're doing for to trump is it, regardless of the outcome of the election this is what it's something i mentioned yesterday on the show the prosecutions of trump what was the harm that occurred here joe biden's the president so in all these prosecutions whether it's in georgia or on the federal level about his election comments where was the harm joe biden is the president So how were people deprived of their constitutional rights to vote and all the other blah, blah nonsense in the federal indictment and the Georgia indictment? I mean, Republicans were, but Democrats, their guy won. So like in anything else, if you're going to accuse somebody of a crime, show me where the harm is. Where is the harm? What harm was done here? How can they sit there with a straight face and say that Donald Trump did these things if Joe Biden's in the White House? That's why these cases are such absolute BS and nonsense. Uh, Paul is in Illinois. Paul, you're on the Mark Levin Show. How are you? Great. Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Talk about injustice with these Georgia indictments and the risk they pose to all our First Amendment rights. I'm with the Illinois Family Institute, and we started a legal 
fun for one of the people indicted there. He's a local pastor, but he was also the Ground Zero chaplain. His name is on the cross taken from the wreckage at 9-11. He's an American hero. He was at Columbine, at the Pulse nightclub, Hurricane Katrina, all of that. And an Illinois judge, this is what a lot of people don't know, an Illinois judge last year ruled that there wasn't even enough evidence to compel them to send him as a witness in this case. And now Fannie Willis has indicted him as a perpetrator. And he's a 70-year-old American hero. He's facing the rest of his life in prison for knocking on doors and making phone calls, something any precinct committeeman does. So Mark always talks about how generous the audience is. Could I share his give, send, go account? Because when you talked about Trump getting fined $5,000, that's about what he's raised so far to defend himself. And this is a guy who has given his life to law enforcement and ministry for his fellow citizens. And we really need to get behind him and help him out. And on top of that, there's a Soros-backed group trying to remove him from his congregation that is supporting him. So they are piling on this American hero, and he, he needs money to defend himself against this, and it's just it's outrageous. He's not even a political person Sure, give it out real quick. Go ahead. Give it out real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, GiveSendGo.com slash Chaplain Lee. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. You have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Thank you very much. Let's hope for the best for that, man. Uh, 855-83. I'm sorry, that's my number at Philadelphia. 877-381-3811 is the number, of course, for the Mark Levin Show. Let me share this audio with you. This is an angry Palestinian protester today um, yelling at CNN. Just to show you how reasonable and rational these people are in the Middle East right now. The reasonable, rational types. Cut number four. This is kind of where the classes keep happens. So, all right. You are genocide supporters. You are not welcome here. Genocide supporters. CNN. CNN. Genocide supporters. All right. You see that people are very angry. They do not like all right, all right, the I way wanna, in which let me just, the, the, the CNN right. has been reporting the story. You hear that. But this is, we're fine. Wow. Look at that, huh? Amazing stuff right there. These, they have, they have to cut away from it. They got to cut away from it, Mr. Producer. They can't even allow that on the air. All right. So here is uh, Biden last night in the speech. I want to make this point. I want to, I want to share this with you. I don't want to play a lot of his speech from last night, but I do want to, I, I do want to play this part. This is Biden equating and trying to make a correlation between funding for Ukraine and funding for Israel. All right, let's start from his speech last night. Cut 10, go. American leadership is what holds the world together. American alliances will keep us, America, safe. American values are what make us a partner that other nations want to work with. To put all that at risk, if we walk away from Ukraine, if we turn our backs on Israel, it's just not worth it. That's why tomorrow I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine, is a smart investment that's going to pay dividends for American security for generations. Help us keep American troops out of harm's way. Help us build a world that is safer, more peaceful, more prosperous for our children and grandchildren. In Israel, we must make sure that they have what they need to protect their people today and always. The security package I'm sending to Congress and asking Congress to do is an unprecedented commitment to Israel's security that will sharpen Israel's qualitative military edge, which we've committed to. 
the qualitative military edge. We're going to make sure Iron Dome continues to guard the skies over Israel. We're going to make sure other hostile actors in the region know that Israel is stronger than ever and prevent this conflict from spreading. Now, last night on Sean Hattie's show on Fox News Channel, Senator J.D. Vance made, I thought, was an excellent, excellent point about Biden trying to equate these two conflicts. And again, no matter how you feel about Ukraine, no matter how you feel about Israel, these things should not be tied together. This is not World War III. Not yet, anyway. Let's hope to God it doesn't become that. But these are separate issues, and they need to be dealt with separately. Cut 11. America doesn't need client states. We need real allies. And if the Europeans aren't going to step up and actually carry their fair share, they're not real allies. They're basically depending on our generosity. And right now, uh, Sean, we just can't afford it. And we can't support the weapons necessary to fight a two or, God forbid, a three front conflict if China invades Taiwan. We know right now, Sean, that there are artillery shells the Israelis need for their operation in Gaza that we have sent to the Ukrainians. Why have we allowed our industrial capacity, Sean, to get to the point where we don't make enough artillery shells to support our friends? And given that reality, why is Joe Biden going on national television and selling people on a Ukrainian escalation when Joe Biden is talking about the terrible tragedy in Israel? Whatever your view, Sean, on on Ukraine, it is a separate country and a separate problem. I think what the president did is completely disgraceful. If he wants to sell the American people on 60 billion more to Ukraine, he shouldn't use dead Israeli children to do it. It was disgusting. Uh, Separate up or down votes, separate up or down votes. Of course, in order to do that, though, we need to have a speaker. We need to have a speaker and we need somebody who is going to take control here. And this is the problem. This is the problem right now. We don't have that. The Republicans need to get their act together. Whatever Matt Gates did is done. It's like the past, that you can only litigate the past for so long. At this point, my anger is now with the 25 Republicans who oppose Jim Jordan, because those 25 are standing in the way. And let's not pretend like this is revenge against Matt Gates. Whatever anger people had about Matt Gates and the eight others early on for what they did a couple weeks ago, understandable, but that's over now. And they had an opportunity to elect Jim Jordan, a solid conservative, to be the speaker, a fighter. And these 25 did it. And don't tell me it's because they wanted revenge against Matt Gates. B.S. They didn't want a real conservative as speaker. You know it and I know it. I mean, Gates offered to leave Congress short of killing himself on the floor of the House today. He basically said, whatever it takes, I'll leave. Don't make this about me. Cut number 12. So we've made them an offer. The eight of us have said that we are willing to accept censure, sanction, suspension, removal from the Republican conference. We, of course, will remain Republicans. We will continue to vote with Republicans on Republican principles. But if what these holdouts need is a pound of our flesh, we're willing to give it to them in order to see them elect Jim Jordan for speaker. It was not about punishing Matt Gates. Because Kevin McCarthy came out today on the floor of the House of Representatives, and he was the one that nominated Jim Jordan for speaker. And he spoke very proudly about Jim Jordan for speaker. So, you know, I get it. I get it. I understand. At first, people were very angry at Matt Gates, and they didn't want to see him win. But the minute that McCarthy got behind Jim Jordan and said, I hate Matt Gates' guts, and I'll hate him for life. I'll hate him for life forever. 
But Jim Jordan should be speaker. Jim Jordan's gotten more votes passed, more laws signed in the last three years than any of these other clowns have on the Democrat side. That should have been the end of it. But any Republican who would not back Jim Jordan under the phony guise of revenge against Matt Gates is lying. They were lying. I know it's water under the bridge now, but it just happened a few hours ago. So pardon me if I tell you the wound is still a little fresh here. You know what I mean? The wound is still a little fresh. I feel it very, very much. And I'm tired of these liars. I really am. Everybody could have rallied around and coalesced a guy who was going to fight the Bidens and fight the executive branch and all their their uh, weaponization. Give us up or down votes. And these so-called phony moderates did not want to be associated with a Trump guy like Jim Jordan. Now the question is, they're the ones who are throwing us into chaos now. What do you do about it? Fine. If you're angry at Matt Gates and the other eight, okay. But that that's that was then. This is now. McCarthy backed Jim Jordan. He nominated him. He was will Jim Jordan backed Kevin McCarthy back then. Why was Jim Jordan held accountable for what Matt Gates did? If you're angry at Gates for what he did, why would you punish Jim Jordan? He was on McCarthy's side. McCarthy came out and spoke for him today. This was not about Jim Jordan. This was not about Matt Gates. This was about making sure that a conservative did not become Speaker of the House, period. You know it and I know it. Come on. They can't fool us. We're too smart for that, right? My fellow Levinites. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. We're coming right back. Mark Levin. say what it's been a week huh it has been a week and what a absolute crazy week on capitol hill crazy week nationally and crazy week internationally as well but luckily uh it's coming to an end but god only knows what next week will bring that's for sure i do want to play this clip for you before we get out of here tonight since mr producer was kind enough to pull all this great work you know the lies that were spread about the hospital in gaza the lies that were spread by the media that the hospital was destroyed. The New York Times putting a picture of a hospital that was not that hospital that was destroyed. Since we know that most of the damage was in a parking lot and that it was not Israel that did it. It was a radical Islamic jihadist group that did it. Uh, this is Biden discussing the hospital explosion in Gaza. Cut number nine. Like so many other, I'm heartbroken by the tragic loss of Palestinian life, including the explosion at the hospital in Gaza which was not done by the Israelis. We mourn every innocent life lost. We can't ignore the humanity of innocent Palestinians. Well, hang on a second here. Whoa, 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 whoa. An explosion. What what was it? An explosion. What does that mean? Let's, why don't you call out who did it? Why don't you say what happened here? Why don't you say what happened? It wasn't the Israelis. Fine. Fine. Wasn't the Israelis. That's not good enough, though. Why don't you call out the media, your party, for their blatant lies, their absolute slanderous lies against the IDF in Israel, accusing them of killing 500 people, doctors, nurses, innocent people, babies, children, all the lies that were told. You know, the big lesson here is that the corporate media in this country is just they're just the absolute worst. Are they not the absolute worst? They all ran with this. There was footage. I mean, the footage was there. There was aerial footage, drone footage. 
Israel's ahead of us in time. It was daylight by the time the newspapers were reporting the same crap that they were reporting the night before going on with the narrative. They could have corrected it. They could have set the record straight. Hospital building was still standing. There's no way 500 people could have been killed. And there's no way Israel could have done it. Nothing had the makings of Israel or an Israeli rocket. Nothing. But you notice how the media in this country, the corporate media, how when they get it wrong, they just drop it and just walk away from the story, pretending it never happened. They never come out and issue a correction. They never actually start the show by beginning. You know, I listen, we made everybody in the world think that Israel bombed a hospital and killed 500 innocent people because we just took whatever the uh, Hamas health ministry told us. So whatever the Hamas health ministry told us, we just went with that. Because we're actually rooting for them. And we love the idea that Israel dropped a bomb on a hospital. We loved it. We love the notion of it. What a great story. And then when it turned out to be that it was a uh, Islamic jihadist nutjob who launched a rocket that hit a parking lot and destroyed cars and killed people, but not nearly 500, not even close, not even anything close to that. Well, we got it really, really wrong. So, you know. Hey, listen, it's been an honor to fill in for the great one, Mark Levin. Please don't forget to tune into Life, Liberty, and Levin tomorrow night, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fox News Channel and get his book, The Democrat Party Hates America. This is Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, WPHD. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend and go Phils.